Hi, this is Tony Letcher. I'm a lifelong Michiana resident and a licensed insurance agent with Health Markets. I can help you find the right health or Medicare plan to fit your needs. The great news is my help is no cost to you. No catch, no gimmick. I work with nationally recognized carriers to find the right plan that works for you. Call me, Tony Letcher, 855-776-2438 or visit my website at tletcher.com. From South Bend, Indiana, in the shadows of the Golden Dome, Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio Sports bring you Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You already share their values, why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's time to get you caught up on all things Irish. Here's John Brock and Angelo DiCarlo. It is a senior day on a cold and windy home finale at Notre Dame Stadium as the Irish football team returns home looking to keep a nine-win season a possibility, ready to face an old rival in Boston College who limps in at 3-7 and seven, but coming off a big top 25 win over NC State next week. And imagine if nearly 30 years after stunning Notre Dame in 1993, the Eagles were to come in today and stun the Irish again. And it's been that kind of season for Notre Dame where you just never know what you will get game to game or, well, as we saw last week, half to half with their up and down victory at Navy. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo. So glad to be with you again this morning. I'm Redeemer Radio and Iowa Catholic Radio, joined as always by John Brock. And John, Notre Dame enters today at 7-3, and three, regular season finale at number 7 USC next week. But we've learned with this team, they love to play up to that opponent. And, and in this type of case... Eh, they tend to play down to their opponent this season, and who knows what that could mean on uh, what could be some unusual weather conditions here today in college football's version of the Holy War. Yeah, and that's just the team we've seen from Notre Dame this year and how they've played in general, but especially at home. I mean, uh, those two big losses, Stanford and Marshall, both at home. So that adds a little bit of uh, who really knows what's going to happen today. And, of course, add in a couple other factors. Boston College, a new young redshirt freshman quarterback who started the last couple. He's coming in on a hot streak. I mean, they only lost by a touchdown to Duke. They beat ranked NC State. Who knows what this team is capable of right now? And then add in the fact that it's below freezing in Notre Dame Stadium. And who knows how this one will play out. All right, on tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith interview is with Notre Dame's six-year offensive lineman Josh Lug. Today marks his third senior day he reflects on his time as the old man in the locker room the highs and lows this season has experienced and how he's grown as a person player and as a man of faith in his time at Notre Dame you'll enjoy this one next segment we'll hear from some of the seniors this morning including the Adam Miola twins and Braden Lindsay Lindsay of course made that absurd catch last week against Navy which had to feel great after a season of missed opportunities but his answer on the question if he's been frustrated this season is a can't miss later this segment. We'll, of course, break down the matchup with Boston College, one that is not expected to feature former Irish quarterback Phil Jakovic because of injuries. As John mentioned, they've had a uh, freshman quarterback playing in his place in Emmett Moorhead, so uh, not expected to have Phil Jakovic, but 
you just never know. They have, he hasn't officially been ruled out. And we'll hear from Marcus Freeman where he stands as a head coach through 10 games compared to when he was first on the job. Let's start with the weather. South Bend weather forecast. A balmy 26 degrees at game time. Some snow possibilities. 15 to 25 mile per hour winds and gusts over 40 miles per hour. The good news is in terms of the winds, well, it was that kind of day against Clemson that worked in Notre Dame's favor. Let me tell you, the last time game time temperature was 26 degrees, you have to go back to 2013. Notre Dame football PR tweeted this out against BYU. That was really cold. I no longer... I have said the one thing I, I, I miss about my TV days is doing countdown to kickoff and the postgame show live from the field. Uh, yeah, don't miss it on a day like today. And uh, by the way, you want to go colder than 26? Say it gets a little colder today and ends up being 25. You got to go back, back before I was born. I yeah, think. yeah. 1991. Yeah. I was eight years old. Navy. Uh it was 24 degrees. N Notre Dame is 17-1-2 in snow games. I don't know if it'll snow, but there are some flurry possibilities. That lone loss was a big one, though, in 1895 to, uh, let's see here, who was it? It was the Indianapolis Artillery. It was. So Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. I mean, uh, and that was being played at uh, the Brown Bronson Hall Field. Of course. You know, so... Uh, we Dame, all know well. Yes, Notre Dame 5-0 and in snow games at Notre Dame Stadium, for instance. Okay, so now that we got that, you, you, you got all your <laughs> that bundles? history lesson. You got all those bundles ready to go for today? Oh, yeah, two sweatshirts, a coat, a hat. You, you got to have get, it all. You got to get that Under Armour as well underneath. <laughs> That's the key in all this. I'm telling you right now, if you are going today, a reminder – you, and you get the old school long johns. That's the real ones that work. The old school ones that your dad or grandfather had from like 1975. That stuff Not works real well. Not those fancy new Under Armors. No, 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 no. The old stuff. The old stuff works real well. I'll be wearing that. And I'm only going to be on the field for 10 minutes at the end of the game. I'll be in the press box. But you know what? They open the windows in the press box. They do. So that we can hear everything. So it gets a little chilly in there. All right. Let's go through some injury updates. As we mentioned, Phil Dracovic. Now, how about this? Former Notre Dame quarterback who transfers had a pretty good career at Boston College, but they have no offensive line this year. I mean, four guys graduated, then their best offensive lineman who's set to be an NFL draft pick got hurt before the season even started. So he's been getting destroyed. That's the reason why they're three and seven. He's in concussion protocol for the last couple weeks. He's got a knee injury and a rib injury. He still hasn't been ruled out today. Freshman Emmett Moorhead started last week. He was 29 of 48, 330 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and they defeated NC State ranked team 21 to 20. Uh, Dracovic did play Notre Dame back in 2020. That was in an empty stadium game at Boston College. He has not played at Notre Dame since transferring. Uh, meanwhile, Brandon Joseph is doubtful, did not play last week for Notre Dame. Linebacker J.D. Bertrand, who missed last week, man, they missed him against Navy. Uh, he had that growing injury. He's 100% good to go, according to Marcus Freeman. I love that clarification. He was asked, how's Bertrand? He goes, he's 100%. And then he goes, good to go, as in he's not actually 100% healed, <laughs> but he's, he's going to play. And linebacker Jack Kaiser is probable with an ankle injury today. Obviously, I think not having Joseph could be a problem because of Zay Flowers for Boston College, John. Uh, but I think the biggest one here... And look here, Moorhead's playing well, 
So it's it's an interesting dynamic. I still think Boston College's only chance today is if Djokovic shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm sticking it to Notre Dame because this is where I used to go to school. Well, I've got a couple things to say about these injuries. First, I, I don't know who's who they'd rather have at quarterback because since Moorhead's come in, they've been playing teams well. They've been scoring more points than they have all season. And they've almost looked like a football team, which is something that Boston College hadn't at all this season. They've almost looked like a football <laughs> team. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, it'd be a great line if, if Phil Dracovic comes back with a, a hurt rib, a, a knee injury, uh, he's back through the concussion, and it's 26 degrees, and he comes out and has a great day. That'd be a, a great story. Not I don't, for Notre Dame. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, that's that's my opinion on that. But I just would like to point out, that I was really right when I said JT, J.D. Bertrand yes, was a, a force on this defense. And it, it was very evident, as you said, versus Navy. If he had been in there, you got to imagine a lot of those runs, and he would have been getting into the backfield on the passes, and it would have been a much different game. By the way, we talk about Boston College possibly being the spoiler. Uh, Tim Brown, I don't think he was referencing this, but Tim Brown this morning uh, tweeted, who will you forgive today? Tim Brown, of course, a very faithful man, was on our Focus on Faith interview last year. The Holtz Heroes Foundation tweeted back, not BC football, still too soon. Obviously, <laughs> Boston College ruining Notre Dame's chances of winning the national championship in 1993. So that's uh, a pretty funny take from the Holtz Heroes Foundation. Okay, let's take a look at um, our poll question. Again, same question. The results are narrowing as our games narrow, and we're down to two games left in the season. But we ask how many... Their name wins by the end of the season. And now, after today, we got 181 votes in. 59% say nine wins. 40% say eight wins. Just 1% say seven wins. The two glaring things here, obviously, I mean, eight wins should win in a runaway. But the, the stunning part to me is only 1%, only 1%, two people think that Notre Dame will lose to both Boston College and USC, which always makes me go with the you are jinxing things. I know we're Catholic radio. We're not supposed to believe in jinxes, but that always gets me going with the jinx. Forgive me, Father, I have sinned for thinking in for j jinxes. Uh, and on the nine-win side, wow, 59% yeah. believe Notre Dame's going to beat both Boston College and USC. That's a big change from a couple weeks ago, but when you beat the likes of Syracuse and Clemson, especially Clemson, that changes the mood pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's the 1% at seven wins isn't too surprising to me. I mean, you got to think you can win this game or, or the USC game, but 59% going with nine wins, especially when you're coming to a BC team that, yeah, hasn't looked good this year, but they're coming off a close loss to Duke and a, a big win over number 16 NC State, and uh, you just don't know what they're capable of, and on top of that, then you got to go face a, a top 10 USC who's, I think, only lost by one point in one game this year. So nine wins at 59% is just incredible to me. Irish Sports Saturdays, thanks to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting this show. As largest Catholic-oriented credit union in America, Notre Dame FCU serves the church in many dioceses for 80-plus years. They've put people over profits. NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. 
Okay, let's uh, college football playoff rankings. Irish are 18th in the third ranking. Uh, USC is number seven now. Uh, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs, so we don't have to talk about that too much. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's look at last week's game a little bit. Notre Dame led 35-13 at halftime. They only end up winning 35-32. Drew Pine, first half, 14 of 16, 234 yards, four TD passes, one rushing touchdown. Second half, <laughs> three of five, 25 yards, no touchdowns, and uh, one interception. Lucky to survive, to say the least, last week. It was, uh, you know, it was a great watch for that first half. You saw uh, an offense that looked like they had the momentum. Their offensive line was working well. Their passing game was working well. The second half, I mean, I just don't know where that offense went. I mean, well, it, that, first of all, they weren't on the field in the third quarter. Yeah, uh, maybe had a ten-minute drive, yes, and then they went true. three and out. Honestly, the possession time of possession in the third quarter might have been 45 seconds. Pine didn't even attempt to pass in the third. Well, and, and part of that was Navy, I think, went into the sure. locker room, drew something up, and they found a blitz package that worked against Notre Dame, and they were getting back to Drew Pine, getting through that offensive line and making tackles. All right, uh, so lucky to survive last week in a wild Back and forth, first half, second half, totally different. You got the losses of Ohio State, Marshall, Stanford, the dominating wins over Clemson, Carolina, and Syracuse. Then, of course, this game, Marcus Freeman has seen a lot in his first season. I asked him how much he's learned in 10 games on the job from the start of the year. Man, the gamut, we've, you're, we've checked off every, almost every uh, situation um, throughout this season. You know what? I'm still learning, and I hope five years from now or two years from now that I come up here and I still say I'm still learning. There is no book for this. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I go back and I think about all the conversations I've had with previous head coaches, current head coaches, and they all say the same, be yourself. You'll learn. Um, you'll figure it out. They never say, here's what you should do. The same thing if somebody asked me, hey, I'm going to be a first-time head coach. What should I do? Be yourself. Work tirelessly, um, but have a sense of urgency in everything you do. And that's what I've learned more than anything is that you can't just have a plan and, and think the plan's going to just fix things. You know, you have to correct the issues that you see with urgency. And, and that's what I've learned more than anything is that you have to evaluate and address issues right away and get them corrected right away and have a sense of urgency as the head coach to, for improvement, no matter what your record is. Every day, have a sense of urgency that, to improve. And if you have that sense of urgency, it'll carry out throughout your program. And so I'm learning every day and I want to continue to learn and, and hopefully I'm a better coach today than I was yesterday, you know, and the same thing I'll say next week, I hope I'm better next week than I was today. But until you go through them, until you see them, it's hard to, to make those changes or to, um, to really, you know, make the decisions that, you know, it's going to take to, to have success until you kind of go through them and say, okay, oh well, shoot, this is, this is something we need to fix right away. 
everyone thinks they can be the head coach until you actually have to be the person in the seat and you got to make every decision that makes the biggest difference in the world. And Marcus Freeman has learned that in the highs and lows this year uh, as as a head coach. They say every week is a new season. <laughs> He's been through uh, 10 seasons then, if that's the regard, here so far this year. It definitely feels like he's been through 10 seasons <laughs> based on uh, the ups and downs and the, the streaks and losses. But he, the, the mentality that he, he points out there, you can kind of see with the record and, and with their performance how he's kind of adjusted his mentality too where he definitely was, was learning a little bit there in the beginning with Ohio State and, and Marshall, but then – you see him start to take that correct and adjust mentality that he talks about, and I think that's really where you've seen a Notre Dame team that has kind of picked up this season. All right, so now they got to take care of business, though, today against a Boston College team that would love to, to, to bring the lows back down, right? And it's senior day, so there's going to be a lot of emotions, and among those really excited for senior day, Jason and Justin Adamiola, how neat it is for twins to be experiencing playing football and Notre Dame together for the last five years. Not many people could say that they even went to college with their family, you know, and we get we get to play football at the highest level. And uh, it's just something that, like, it may not kick in until we're 40, but, like, when we get to that age, we're going to sit down and be like, yo, we really was doing this. Like, we've been doing this our whole life together. So, yeah. Yeah, like Jason said, like, it's we're grateful and we're thankful, and we're just t touching on this the other day. Like, you know, a lot of uh, not a lot of twins can do it together. So, you know, playing coming here and playing at this prestigious university, earning our degree here, and we were just giggling about it too, like, yeah, we, we really, you know, touch one of every single one of our goals thus far. So let's keep on doing it, you know. May not kick in until you're 40. Let me tell you, Jason Adamiola, that will come before you know it. It'll be right on the horizon. Jason out of eligibility. Justin can return. He did tell us he has not decided. Uh, so, it, it, you know. It's a really cool story to see those two in particular get to play together. Re really neat to have twins that have both played and been important pieces. And you'd love to get, you'd love to see Justin Adamiola return next year if he chooses to do so. Yeah, and I think these two guys are a great example. It's always special to see those seniors run out, especially those ones that have such an effect on the program and the fans get a chance to really show their appreciation. And those two guys are a great example. Two twins family members who together have had a huge influence on this team and they mean a lot to the program so I expect even in the cold they'll get a, a large round of applause all right uh seniors that are that know they're coming back next year will not walk I think this is the plan according to Marcus Freeman it's a little confusing the way he explained it this week but and he also stressed only seniors are going to be recognized today so don't expect Michael Mayer running out even if maybe he is I don't know if he's set to graduate early or not because with COVID, it gets confusing if guys got those extra credits in or not like that. Parents will be back on the field for the first time since 2019, 2020, 2021. They didn't get to do that because of COVID, so uh, that's nice. Here's Marcus Freeman on what Senior Day means and all the emotion it brings, plus what this senior class means to him. You know, what I'll continue to reiterate to the team is the ability to get your emotions under control after that moment. Let you, that's a special moment. I don't want you to not enjoy and embrace and be in that moment. But the challenge will be is the ability to get yourself back under control after um, that moment. You know, our, our, our team will be out there, um, which is a little bit different than in previous years. Our team will be out there as our seniors come out. Um, because I want our team to be a part of, I want our team to really thank them for what they've done for this program and to be a part of that moment when they run out, but still 
when the clock gets to zero and we already kick the ball off, everybody's emotion has to be under control and we got to be ready to refocus our energy towards what it's going to take to win. This senior class will always be your first senior class as a head coach. What are, what are the characteristics you think you'll remember about this group of guys? You know, what I'll tell those seniors is they built the foundation of what I believe is the future of the Notre Dame football program under me. And that's different than previous head coaches. Notre Dame football has been successful for a really long time, but but the leadership has changed and you have to rebuild that foundation to fit the new leader. And, and that's what I'll credit this group for is, is really building the foundation for what I believe um, is going to be an extremely bright future of Notre Dame football. That's Marcus Freeman on senior day and what this senior class means to him. John, any thoughts there? Well, I think uh, he stressed kind of in the past interview, you know, correcting and adjusting, and now it's about meaning, and he really kind of has that overarching mentality uh, around it all, and I think that really applies to the seniors and how he approaches, uh, you know, his first class of seniors, as it was pointed out. Yeah, and I like the idea that the team will be out there. I've never understood it when you – the, yeah. the seniors being introduced and the team is either behind them in the tunnel or still in the locker room. Like, wh- why wouldn't they want to be out there cheering on their teammates yeah. as they come out? So I do like that. Now, that also adds to that emotional factor they're talking about, right? Because now you got the underclassmen that are like, oh, man, yeah. You know, cheering for Josh Lug or cheering for Jason Adamiola. That, that, they got to get their emotions under check, too, in this situation. It's not just the seniors. You're going to have to make sure the underclassmen are, too. And that always plays a factor on a senior day, that emotions is among the biggest things that could alter the way you play. Yeah, and, and the seniors it either could be a great effect where – you know, you know it's your last game and you come out and have the performance of your life or it's distracting and you really struggle from the start. And, and you make a great point there. It, it affects the younger guys, too, who are close with those seniors and know it's going to be their last time at home with them. And hey, it could really affect everyone. They got to keep that in check. And that's really Marcus Freeman, yet again, going yep. back to him, has to try and ra- corral that all in. Well, and then for the younger guys, motivating them, motivating them to want to win for the seniors, yeah. but also putting extra pressure on them that they have to help win for the seniors it's it's which one does it does it go again that pendulum swings one way or the another another one of those seniors Braden Lindsay uh you know he has an extra year of eligibility has not decided on if he's going to return yet or not of course I mean ridiculous catch against Navy caught it on the back then had to flip it around I mean I you can't describe it really it was insane Tommy Reese called it the best catch he's ever seen in person that's a statement there from the former Irish quarterback I can't say he's wrong that catch was absurd yeah I, I don't know what he's seen in person but I I can tell you watching that one well, that and means no one has ever caught a ball from him too yeah <laughs> that is ever that good that includes like Tyler Eifert plus he's never seen Michael Mayer make a catch I don't know it's kind uh, of yeah and, and Michael Mayer's made some great catches this season yeah. alone but no, I agree yeah. none of them top that one I've I've never seen that happen before where you reach around a guy and catch it and pull it back around him. But uh, it was it was definitely a great day for Lindsey where you finally got to see him. He, he had a couple of good catches and then that great one. Finally got to see him get the targets and get the, the accurate passes that he's been looking for. You know, so many times Lindsey has been overthrown this year. I asked him this week about how this season has been and his answer is one the university should just plaster all over social media. 
What's this season been like for you, though? Obviously, there has to have been some frustrations of, man, I could have had this one, could have had that one, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. How, is, how has it been navigating that and then finally getting your moment? Yeah, uh, you know, navigating just, you know, this business, the world, and at the end of the day, I think I'm in a position uh, where I, I get a free education. Uh, you know, NIL is lovely. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I, I don't really have much to be frustrated at when I know I get to play for the most story program in the country. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people who have it a lot worse. So I just try to keep my head high and just be happy. And I, I love being here and I'm excited about it and I'm excited to play Boston College. So it's, to answer your question, it's, it's very easy to be positive because how can I not be positive when I'm representing Notre Dame at the highest level? I mean, play it everywhere. No navigating, very easy to be positive. I had no reasons to be frustrating. frustrated. I wouldn't be able to say what he just said. That's impressive. Yeah, it was a, a great answer. I wonder how much of it was, was kind of off the cuff and how much was him thinking ahead of time. But he definitely, uh, he definitely said what he needed to say, and it definitely sounded meaningful coming from him. So great positivity and mentality. Kind of feel like that's almost trickling down from, from Marcus Freeman and the coaches as well. All right. Did you know that Redeemer Radio has started a national Catholic podcast network called Spoke Street Media? Our mission is to provide content that invites so those listening grow closer in their relationship with God. Head to SpokeStreet.com and you can find more than 40 podcasts that are now a part of our network from all over the country. Coming up, we'll talk to a senior who will definitely be playing his last game ever at Notre Dame Stadium today. And that's six-year offensive lineman Josh Lug. This is his third and final senior day. And since he's the old man at Notre Dame, he's seen a lot over the years. A great conversation about faith and football. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio and Iowa Catholic Radio. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The Golden Rule. When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will look for ways to save you money. And when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Irish Sports Saturdays is partially underwritten by Indiana Physical Therapy, serving Indiana's physical therapy needs since 1988 with 21 locations. Indiana Physical Therapy continues as an independent therapist-owned company with a heart towards patient-focused care. Indiana Physical Therapy, where people go to get better. All right, time now for Focus on Faith with six-year offensive lineman Josh Lug. Lug has been around so long that he was recruited and played for Harry Heastan on the Irish offensive line before he stand took a four-year break from coaching at Notre Dame. Lug is a multi-year starter, playing multiple positions on the offensive line over the years. Today will mark his third senior day, but the first with his parents on the field. We will also talk in depth about this roller coaster season. He's the old man in the locker room and someone who takes great pride in try chatting with underclassmen about how to better themselves, not only on the field, but in life and with their faith. A great man of God who says his faith has grown tremendously at Notre Dame. Enjoy this conversation of faith, family, and football with Notre Dame six-year offensive lineman, Josh Lug. What's it like going through your uh, third senior day this week? <laughs> yeah, so there's been a lot of jokes in the Goog. This is my third senior night, and uh, I'm setting a record for that, that. There should be some plaque in the Goog for 
most senior person in Gook history, but uh, it's exciting. I think uh, I have a lot of lessons that I've learned that I can you know share with the other guys and how critical how critical and important it is to uh, focus on our job first. That the best way to honor our seniors on senior day is performing your best and uh, being your, having your best on command, and that's what guys are gonna remember about senior day. Um, I don't necessarily remember the lead up to the senior day and running out on the field as much as I do as uh, you know, backside driving or having a great block with uh, my right tackle or right guard when I played in the past. Uh, like that's what really matters and what guys remember. Being a six-year guy and having that unique perspective of doing something that no one really no one else gets to do because of that extra COVID year. What's it been like being the the old man in the locker room? <laughs> uh, it's neat. It's a neat opportunity. Um, I'm with a lot of guys that you know were in seventh grade when I started here at Notre Dame which is a crazy idea to think about. But, you know, I, th I think I can offer them a lot of insight on, you know, how school is going to go. What's it like moving off campus? You know, different things that maybe people don't think about that um, I have an interesting perspective on. And I just like being a mentor for guys. And I, one of the reasons I wanted to come back for a sixth year was so I could be there for the freshmen. I, I saw the video you did with the Sacred Places uh, a year ago and, and – you mentioned the locker room, which was probably not a place people would think of as a, a sacred place. Take, take us through your routine and how that enriches your faith uh, before a game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the locker room, especially on game day, is very sacred for me. Um, you know, a lot of guys will put on their headphones and have their quiet time. And in the locker room yourself, you're sitting in your locker, you have time to reflect. Uh, we get to the stadium two and a half to two hours before the game and you have a lot of time when you're sitting there you're putting your tape on you're you know you're strapping your knee braces up and it's a time for you to reflect um, on your week uh, what's going on in the game and then for me I, I like to just take a moment be with God and realize how thankful uh, I am for everything he's provided me with uh, one of the other things too is like when we go out early for pregame coming out of the locker room you get like that cold breeze through the tunnel and you step on the field and it's bright light and it's just like, just take a big deep breath and it's like, wow, this is this is special here. And especially a place like Notre Dame where, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's uh, encouraged to express your faith. That um, it's not a stigmatism here, like maybe another university, it's not um, as a full on full display. Here it's like, it's, it's a great opportunity for me to live out my faith, especially on game day. And then at the end of the game, I see my family and there's touchdown Jesus right outside. It's like, it's always a perfect reminder of like, I play to glorify one person and that's God. Do you have a, a Bible verse still uh, underneath your gloves that you keep it around? I would do a Joshua 1-9 on my uh, wrist. It's just uh, be strong and courageous. Uh, it's something that my mom instilled in me early on and uh, my name's Joshua, obviously. So uh, I would get like different things and like birthday gifts, like my mom would always somehow include Joshua 1-9 on them just as a constant reminder. Um, and that just constantly was a part of my life. Um, so I, I keep that on my wrist on game day and uh, gives me it gives me a little bit sense of like, all right, he's with me today. Um, just a constant reminder that there's something more than football out there. <laughs> you mentioned, um, you know, the university and being here allows you to grow in your faith. You know, you're not Catholic. It's a Catholic university, but there's still that growth component for it. How much has that helped you grow as you know, a faithful person. It certainly has, and it's the people around you too that are going to push you. Um, one of the things in camp that we had was Coach Freeman asked all the seniors to speak to the the whole team and say, "Hey, like, 
tell us why you love Notre Dame, why you came here, and then one advice to your freshman self. And I told the guys, you know, don't be afraid to ask somebody else to go to church with you or go to a small group. And because uh, on Sundays, like, you're going to be tired after games, especially in the fall. And it's hard for you as an individual to get yourself out of bed, especially as a college student. But if you have a friend, whether that's on a teammate or someone in the dorm, someone just in the area, they can be like, hey, let's go. We're going to church. It's like that's going to help you build your faith. And that, that exists here at Notre Dame where, like, guys are wanting to do things together. I remember when I first came here, uh, me, Wu, and Myron, and uh, Monroe Olsen, she's a volleyball player, and Hannah Thompson, another volleyball player, we would carpool and go to church together, and we'd all sit in the same row. And, like, we were just freshmen, but, like, we had to, like, accountability with one another, and we wanted to do that together. And, like, that was a real good catalyst for me, uh, crossing over from, like, okay, I'm at home with my parents going to church where it's, like, I didn't have an, I didn't have an option to say no to go to church. Whereas now it's, like, okay, like, I have this core group of people that I'm with that, you know, I feel good about going to church with and I can express my faith with. All right, I got to ask this. Are, are you the guy that's – pulling along the others or or do you have to be the one that gets pulled every once in a while <laughs> I, I try to I try to do more pulling than being pulled um there's so many different opportunities here too for guys like uh guys maybe not have cars or whatever or they, they they really can't make it because their family's in town but like we have fellowship and the goog uh father nate's always a resource for guys and then our masses this year have been beautiful in the basilica and it's just a great opportunity for guys to like you know like maybe masses like Every week from Mass is enough for the guys, and, like, it's a great time for them to grow. It doesn't matter where you're kind of at in your faith journey. It's just uh, understand that and, like, just little growth, little growth and improvement every week can help. Josh Lug, Notre Dame offensive lineman, six-year senior, getting ready for senior day here for the third time. Joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our focus on a faith interview. What's the season been like overall? I mean, Man, what a roller coaster it's been. Take us through it for, from your perspective as a guy who's who's seen a lot and this season has seen a lot. Yeah, we're on a bumpy road to better. And like Coach Freeman always says, you know, we're trying to stay in the middle of the highs and the lows and just constantly trying to find improvement. And, you know, we have we have a relatively fully new staff this season and new energy in the building and the players around too. Like everyone is committed to sacrificing what they need to so that – uh, we have success and that our seniors this Saturday will be honored in the best way. Um, I think from top down in the Goog, this is uh, the most exciting it's been, uh, the most energy we've had and just people really caring about one another. So it's been great for me as a six year. Um, coming back, it's like I lost a lot of coaches, but then I also got my offensive line coach that I committed to and I played with uh, my freshman year. So for me, that was a, uh, a foundation that I could work off of. And then also, I have my offensive line guys that I've built such a strong core relationship with. And uh, for me, this has been one of the most special years at Notre Dame. You know, we mentioned the locker room being a sacred place for you. Take us back to that day when Coach Freeman was introduced and you guys had that moment with him where everyone ganged him. You know, I don't know how well you maybe necessarily knew him being an offensive guy and he was a defensive coordinator, but it seemed like it didn't matter if you were a defensive guy or offensive guy that everyone seemed to say, this is the guy we want. Yeah, I maybe didn't know Coach Freeman that well, but I knew that he was a fierce competitor and that the defensive guys loved him and that my defensive teammates I fully trusted that if they said, hey, like, this is our guy, and also uh, Dr. Sorbrick, for all of them to be like, this is who we're going with, I had full trust in Coach Freeman from the start, and then I got to know him a little bit better, and then I remember sitting down with him after he got 
uh, introduced uh, and talking about my sixth year coming back and just building a relationship with him has been something that's very special with me. Um, a guy that I just feel like I can go talk to at any moment. Uh, I could just walk in the door and say, hey, coach, like, I have a question about this or like, hey, uh, what do you think about that? And he's always as open arms willing to talk to the guys. And he's been a great resource for everybody and someone that we can count on. All right. So how much harder did that make the start of the year? Starting 0 and 2, you know, you guys have, you you couldn't have won the off season more, right? You guys have all this excitement. You have a really good performance against Ohio State. Maybe felt that slipped away, and then you lose to Marshall. How difficult did that make the start of the year when you guys thought this was going to be a special year? Maybe, you know, I think the culture that we established this summer and in off season workouts prepared us for anything that was going to be adverse. That maybe it wasn't going as we'd planned. But we trained for those moments that weren't going to be his plan, like I said. Uh, Coach Bayless, Coach Freeman, Coach Heastan, Coach Reese, Rob Hunt, everybody in our program, you know, they instilled us a culture and a belief that we're going to be on a bumpy road to better. And overall through the season, let's make those bumps as small as we possibly can and that we're going to keep improving. And so we were, you know, th those, those losses sting but we have the right guys in the locker room and the right coaches to respond and get them better so that when teams like Clemson come into town that we're ready and we're able to give our best on command. And while there was one more bump with the Stanford game, you did have the Clemson moment. How special was that um, to be able to celebrate that after the game when you guys uh, defeated them? Yeah, it was, it was really special for everybody. Uh, the sacrifices that everybody put in that week from – Miss Joy at the front desk of the Goog to Coach Freeman to, you know, Jarrett Patterson, staying late at night to watch film. Everybody sacrificed that week to make sure that we were successful on Saturday and for that to pay off. And guys that have the realization of, like, we are a good team. Um, how do we consistently build upon this going forward? Because the future is bright here. Uh, we have the right guys to win. We have the right resources to win. Like, that was, like, a culmination of everything at that Clemson game was like, okay, we can do anything that we put our mind to. And so, going forward, how do we replicate it? Notre Dame offensive lineman Josh Lug joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. What's your uh, favorite spot on campus? Favorite spot is the Grotto. Um, I don't go there often. I do that for a reason because, like, I want that to be a special moment for me when I go there. Um, you know, sometimes in the off season or during camp, uh, earlier in the season, my roommates and I would drive around campus or we drive around South Bend, Indiana, get to know the town a little bit, and we'd always end at the grotto and spend 15, 20 minutes there um, reflecting, praying, lighting a candle. Sometimes we just sit back and talk at the benches back behind, and like that's a special place for me. And like I said, I don't go there often because I want that to always be a special place for me. Are you a uh, daytime grotto guy or is it got to be a night? It's got to be night. I think that's uh, when you fully are able to uh, reflect and, for me at least, to be able to ease my mind and be at peace. Let's bring it all around back to senior night, senior day, and this being the final time you get to go through the tunnel, the final time you, you lace up all the pads and everything in that locker room. I know you guys take it one game at a time and every game's the same, but will this feel different knowing this is for sure it for you? I'm going to try my best to make sure that it doesn't feel like it is the last one until that whistle blows at the end. And then I might cry. I might be so happy. I'm just hugging everybody. But 
for me, I, I want to approach this game so that I put my best on the field. One, so that, yes, I have a great senior day, but I want to honor these other seniors that it's their first senior day and it's their last senior day. And they deserve that more than anybody. Um, so I'm going to prepare and give my best and try to keep that out of my head so that when the ball is kicked off on Saturday, I'm ready to give my best. You said try, but you also had a big smile on your face. You know it's going to be pretty hard probably to do that, right? Especially when you when you see your parents probably out on the field. It will be, yeah. So I've had, this is my third senior day, but this will be the first one with my parents on the field. And my parents, they've been to every single home game. Their sacrifice to be able to come see me play or go see when my brother was playing at Harvard. They care so much about supporting our family. And so I think, uh, if anything, it's going to be very special for them to kind of be out there and see me in pads for one last time on the Notre Dame Stadium. Josh, thank you very much. Enjoy it Saturday, especially hopefully after the game. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Josh Lug, Notre Dame, six-year offensive lineman, joining us here on Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview. A lot of great perspective from Josh. Yeah, I loved that. I don't. You can't not like that guy after listening to the interview. I mean, he's talking about he came back an extra year because he just loves being a mentor to the younger guys. I mean, throughout the whole thing, he's talking. He's so faithful. Honor and help others and, and help out others. I mean, the whole interview seemed like he was talking about, you know, he came back and it's an interview of him, but he's talking about how he works with others, how he goes with others to, to, to mass or service and how he helps out his other teammates and just an incredible guy from the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, and I love the pulling people along to go to church, you know. I mean, I needed someone like Josh Lug when when I was there that age, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to pull me to church because I was someone who did not go yeah. uh, go all the time now, but I was not. I was a person that was not going as much back then. So I needed someone like Josh Lug to say, nope, we're going. Here we go. Let's go. So uh, that's great that he's doing that. It's a very important thing. All right, uh, support for Irish Sports Saturdays comes from Tony Letcher of Health Markets, Tony a parishioner at Quinnipiac Catholic Church in Mishawaka, a licensed insurance agent. His services include Medicare, family, or individual health insurance or life insurance. His number is 855-776-2438. His website is tletcher.com. <laughs> Time for a break. When we return, it's game our game day sprint to kickoff. We break down the matchup with Boston College. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! remember a first half being so different than a second half in terms of <laughs> offensive efficiency? No. Um, no. I mean, we had s six drives in the first half. We had five scores and a scoring opportunity. You know, I think we had really like, I think it ended up being five drives, but like three drives that we felt like in the second half were really critical to, to keeping the defense off the field and, and trying to, you know, add on and, um, you know, we just got to, you know, coach a little better and execute a little better. And there were some plays there that we could have that, that we didn't. And, you know, they make things tough. But we had some answers there that we got to take advantage of. And, um, you know, it's a really good learning moment, you know, for our guys. And, 
you know, I think we have a lot to build off from, from those opportunities. You know, Drew has some stuff to build off of, you know, just the recognition coverage-wise for our skilled players. And, um, you know, we continue to chop away and, and continue to get better. That's Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese candidly speaking about the great first half Notre Dame had last week against Navy offensively and, well, whatever, nothing they did in the second half. So which Notre Dame offense shows up today on a cold and windy senior day in the home finale at Notre Dame Stadium as the Irish welcome in 3-7 and seven Boston College? And that's going to be the key today, John. Boston College is not good. If Notre Dame does their business, Notre Dame wins. But... They haven't done their business on occasion against these lower opponents. So do they take care of business offensively here today? Yeah, Boston College is not good by any measure, and you see that when you look at their stats. But at the same time, there's a lot of places where Notre Dame's struggling, and in offense especially, I mean, you watch the Clemson game, and it looks like a great offense. It's all rushing. And yes. when you look at it, Notre Dame is, is 109th in the country in passing offense. They're atrocious when it comes to passing. And you saw some flashes of something good in that first half against Navy, but they have been struggling. So, yeah, if, if the rush can't get going and, well, and the passing rush, has And the rush did not work Did not last get week. going last week. And so if that happens again, and passing, especially on a cold day like today, with Drew Pine at quarterback. And windy day. And windy, it, it's a lot of things that could cause this to be a bad one for the Irish. All right, this is the 27th all-time meeting against Boston College. People think that number is going to be a lot higher than that. Uh, Notre Dame leads 17-9. to nine. Irish have won eight in a row. And, of course, I have to mention, Boston College famously ruined Notre Dame's chances of winning a national title in 1993. BC, on the season, lost to Rutgers 22-21. Lost to Virginia Tech 27-10. Beat Maine 38-17. Lost to Florida State 44-14. Beat Louisville 34-33. Lost to Clemson 31-3. Lost to Wake Forest 43-15. Lost to UConn 13-3. Lost to Duke 38-31. And then, after four straight losses, they beat... Number 16, NC State, a week ago, 21-20. So, eh, you don't know. You never know. You play you play down, they play up, and all of a sudden, hello, Marshall, hello, Stanford. Yeah, and you look at theirs, it's a little bit of a roller coaster in a different way from Notre Dame. It's kind of the opposite. But well, obviously. Like, Literally like you the said, opposite. it's the seven opposite. And, three and, and three you and just got to hope that, that those Notre Dame – uh, downs don't meet with the peaks from, from BC today, and that's what Notre Dame really has to emphasize to their team. Support for Irish Sports Saturdays comes from Tyrac. Tyrac also underwrites our internship program with students from our two Michiana Catholic High Schools, St. Joseph and Marion. The students receive practical college-level internship experience and class credit as they help out with our broadcasts of high school football and basketball. More tires, great prices, Tyrac.com. All right, BC's defense giving up 28 points a game. They're giving up 157 rushing yards and 210 passing yards per game. Notre Dame should be able to move the ball. That's the bottom line. Now it's a question of whether or not they will, but they should. Yeah, and BC's defense is not – I mean, there's no strength on the team, but their defense definitely isn't that. And especially what Notre Dame should be focusing on is their 83rd in rush defense. They are not good uh, on that defensive line, and they don't really have any standout players on that defense that can get into the backfield and make tackles. So – if Notre Dame's run game doesn't get going on today, that's mainly Notre Dame's fault, and they really need to, to focus on getting good blocks. All right, Notre Dame defense versus Boston College offense. We've mentioned Phil Dracovic in concussion protocol, knee injury, and a rib injury, but he hasn't been ruled out for today. Uh, freshman Emmett Moore had started last week, 330 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and, of course, he led him to the victory over NC State. 
I'm assuming Moorhead's playing. It looks like it's 98%, unless they've been playing with us a little bit, and Dracovic's going to come in, put the cape on, and, and be fired up and ready to go to, to beat the school that he used to play for. Well, and I don't know if even if he is maybe cleared to go if they want him in, because Moorhead seems to have provided a spark well, right, and that's for this offense. Too. I mean, they are quite literally the worst team at rushing in college football. They are last in FBS, and it was 61 yards a game. So him coming in, Moorhead coming in, and he's put a little bit of spark into to more of the passing game, getting it to Flowers downfield, but... That's what they need because they are not getting anything going on the ground. So it worked for them the last couple weeks, almost getting two wins, getting one big upset win, and I think that's what they're going to stick with today. Their leading rusher, Patrick Garwo, is averaging 29.6 yards per game. It's bad. They're really, really bad on that side. Now, they do have a really good player in Zay Flowers as a wide receiver. 67 catches, 920 yards. 92 yards per game, 10 touchdowns. Here's Irish defensive coordinator Al Golden, highly complimentary of Flowers. Well, he's elusive, right? Um, he's got vertical speed uh, and he's got lateral quicks. So, you know, what does that mean? That means he can shake loose underneath. Um, he can beat you on option routes or, you know, corners, um, things of that nature. But he has the speed to go deep and he's got the hands to, to go with it. So, um, he, he is a challenge, and uh, they're getting him the ball and being creative. So um, a lot of respect for him as a football player. And that's the guy they got to worry about. And if they can contain yeah. him, the win should help, you would think, in this, call, in this case, to not allow him to be a factor. And this is the day where the win does not help Boston College because it doesn't help Notre Dame either, but I'm going to take Notre Dame's rush offense against their rush defense versus BC's rush offense versus Notre Dame's uh, rush defense. You're, you're definitely not taking BC's rush offense. <laughs> That's what I'm one. saying. <laughs> so the win's actually even more stacking the deck in favor yeah. of Notre Dame today. And, and Notre Dame's been practicing in it a good amount of this week and practicing in the cold, so they're prepared. Actually, that's a that's a good point. They they did practice in outside on Tuesday. They went inside Wednesday just because it was so wet outside. They wanted to get one clean practice in to get stuff worked on, and then they were back outside on Thursday. So they have done it twice. I'm sure. I mean, the weather conditions. Yeah, the weather's in are Boston, pretty bad. In Chestnut Boston. Hill is probably not the best either. Yeah. So I'm sure they're ready to go um, as well. All right, uh, how's this one play out for you? Well, I think simply Notre Dame needs to get the run game going, and I think. They will start a little slow, unlike the Navy game. They won't start right off the bat, but I think Estimate and Diggs will get going, and they'll be too much for the BC defense. Despite some efforts by Flowers and Moorhead to get it going, it's going to be Notre Dame 31-10. to Yeah, uh, again, the only way this this ha has the potential of being a game is I think if Jerkovic puts the cape on and shows up <laughs> and plays well, BC goes plus one or probably plus two in turnovers, and Notre Dame does not get a block punt, which they have every single week. Yeah. That's Seven. a lot of things. Lead the FBS that, in, that, in block punt. That's a lot of things that has got to go in the way. By the way, real quick, uh, Phil Dracovic possibility to come back to uh, Notre you, Dame you, next you year? You want it. I don't think he could. I didn't say I want it, but I'm just saying it would be grad interesting. Grad transfer. But... Grad transfer back, that would be a, a new one for somebody. Yeah. To grad transfer back. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, what's your prediction? I'm saying Notre Dame 31, Boston College 10. I think Notre Dame's going to run away with it after a certain point. Yeah, Notre Dame has scored 35 or more in four straight games. The question is, can they get to 35 today because of the weather conditions? I'm not positive on that. 
I think this is going to be a little yucky. I don't think Boston College does much of anything offensively. So I'm going to say Notre Dame 35, Boston College 6. I think Notre Dame does run away with this one. But here's the thing. These are the games. When have we predicted Notre Dame to win big this year? Yeah. Marshall, Stanford. You know what I mean? The, we didn't predict them to win big last week against Navy. Uh, well, actually, no, we did, actually. We, we did, and We did, didn't. and that didn't happen again. <laughs> Notre Dame is, we're not trying to say to bet, but Notre Dame is terrible against the point yeah, spread they when are. they're favored highly. And uh, <laughs> so it'll be, you'll be sweating. Well, you won't be sweating it out, probably. Uh, maybe under all those layers maybe under all those layers but i got 35 to 6 uh notre dame all right john thank you very much that'll do it for notre dame federal credit unions irish sports saturdays notre dame fcu where you bank does matter thanks to our audio operator today Ilya glasman for john brock i'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame hosting Boston College this afternoon on Senior Day, a 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central kickoff at Notre Dame Stadium. You can watch nationally on NBC. We'll, of course, be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our show the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Enjoy today's game. Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes for a new episode of Truth in Charity every Wednesday during the noon hour. Each week, he has a conversation with host Kyle Hyman about scripture, saints, and church news. Listen to episodes anytime by going to spokestreet.com slash askbishop or search for Truth in Charity on any podcast app. Truth in Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Our first high school boys basketball game comes your way on Friday, December 2nd when the Marion boys play host to Riley in our Hoosier Spring Spotlight game. Marion made a run all the way to the state finals a year ago, and we are excited to see what's in store this season. Join Bob Berger, our high school student interns, and me, Angel DiCarlo, for all the action. Watch on Facebook.com slash 95.7 Sports or listen on Redeemer Radio. It's Riley at Marion in the Hoosier Spring boys basketball spotlight game December 2nd around 730 on 95.7 Sports.